Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. This is Radio Maria, and this is your Culture Tuesday for today. And I am very excited. I'm very, I'm very thrilled to have back with us Sister Silvana Della Negra. She is RSCJ, a member of the Society of the Sacred Heart, and also part of the finance team for Caritas. Uh, she's a Caritas development worker for West London, and she is back on the radio because she is an expert at the Sacred Heart. Well, she may not say that, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> Welcome to the program, Sister Silvana. Thank you very much. Thank you. And yes, I think in order to be an expert in the Sacred Heart, you have to be an expert in love. Ooh. So hopefully, hopefully by the time I, I die and go straight to heaven that i'll have done that so. oh he will he'll be like oh hello sister thank you for coming I'm, here's a balloon <laughs> that is my impression of heaven is i think it was a, one of the priests when i was in youth group was talking about heaven and how important it is to have this relationship with jesus like you can do as many good works as you want you can do this you can live a good life but you've got to have that relationship with jesus because otherwise he won't know what kind of balloons to have for you when you enter heaven <laughs> oh well you know hopefully it's... hopefully jesus will also know my favorite chocolate oh oh yes oh can you give us a clue sister silvana is it mint hazelnut uh coffee i i'm i'm really partial to galaxy actually so even though it's it's the one that's got the most creaminess in it but yeah melts in your mouth but speaking of this relationship with jesus there is a devotion to jesus's sacred heart and it is the month of june listeners i will be completely honest I don't know much. My mother spoke about this devotion to Sacred Heart a little bit when I was younger. We did the first Fridays, but I don't know much. So Sister Silvana has come to save the day for me, for you, to tell us a bit about it. So Sister Silvana, take it away. What is the Sacred Heart of Jesus? So the sacred, I mean, what is the sacred heart of Jesus? I I could spend a lot more. We could all spend a lot more than half an hour talking about that. But the heart of Jesus is the source of all his love and all of God's love. It's the source, it's the symbol. You know, we all use hearts as a symbol of love. So it's very easily understood as being about love. Although I have to say, I didn't grow up understanding it as that. Um, I think I just grew up aware that this thing existed. Possibly quite a lot of listeners, you know, there was a, an image in our house of the Sacred Heart, and it, it really didn't mean anything to me. 
And, and I know that you've, you've mentioned the first Fridays, so people have also grown up aware of that devotion and possibly not aware. I mean, they, they may have heard of St. Margaret Mary, who had the visions that led to the first Fridays, but maybe not aware that there was a rich theme. There's always been a rich theme in, in our Catholic tradition. St. Augustine, for example, way back, wrote about the open side of Jesus, you know, which is the entry point to his heart. Um, St. Gertrude, another medieval, you know, and other medieval mystics wrote about the, the, the open side, the wounded side, the, this open heart that was just open and pouring out love and, and wanting to invite people in. And when I was a novice, I discovered Julian of Norwich. Um, like a lot of people, I knew about All Will Be Well. Yeah, I think a lot of people know that about Julian and very possibly, I mean, you know, like me, then don't know much more, but I started to read her as a novice. So this was back in 1995. And I discovered that one of her revelations was about the heart of Jesus and that revelation stayed with me. So I'm, I'm actually going to share a bit of it because it gives me an excuse to do that by being on the radio. And she started, it's a very short one. It's the 10th revelation, chapter 24. And she says that with his face full of happiness, our Lord looked at his wounded side and gazed at it in joy. I followed his glance and he led my mind on from this wound into his side. And there he revealed a lovely and delightful place, spacious enough for everyone who is going to be saved to rest there in peace and love. And then he reminded her of the most precious blood and water which he had allowed to flow out all for love. And in this sweet sight, he revealed his blessed heart, sundered in two. And then she talks about how he urged her to meditate on the endless love which was without beginning, is now and always shall be. That he said very happily, see how I loved you. My darling, look and see your Lord, your God, your creator, your endless joy. See what delight and happiness your salvation gives me and rejoice with me because of my love. I loved you so much before I died for you that I wanted to die for you. Now I have died for you and willingly suffered what I could and all my endless and all my bitter pain and all my hard labor is turned into endless joy and happiness for me and for you. And just this whole idea that his delight is in our holiness, in our endless joy and our happiness with him. I, you know, I just thought, wow, when I read that, it was so amazing. And I think for me, it's very much an antidote to, you know, sometimes certainly the image of the sacred heart that was in our house, he looked a bit sad. He always looks a bit sad, you're right. Yeah, you know, he looked he looked a little bit sad. And here we have a sacred heart who who delights in pouring out his love. He, you know, and, and he delight he, you know, our joy is his joy. And you know, you can imagine a sacred heart here with a huge smile on his face and this image perhaps of the balloons at heaven and things like that. So it for me that that was a great antidote to I think, and just the wowness, the idea of this heart of Jesus as being this place where all could rest. That was in the 14th century. And then 
three centuries later, we had Margaret Mary had her visions of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, um, which led to devotion to the and the first Fridays that you came across as a child, um, which I didn't grow up with. So I have never done the first Fridays. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sister Silvana. Well, you've got plenty of time. <laughs> but-, <laughs> but, you know, I would say that I think what Jesus would want, you know, the first Fridays and certain prayers and so on are an excellent discipline for people and can be a good reminder you know, you're reminded of why you're doing something. You're reminded of God. But, you know, really, that the true devotion to the Sacred Heart, I think, is about going heart to heart with Jesus. The very first vision that St. Margaret Mary had was on the feast of the beloved disciple, St. John, who, you know, is the one who rested his head on Jesus' breast in... in um, at the Last Supper, and Jesus allowed her to rest her head upon his heart and then began to reveal to her the wonders of his love, which she was to make known to everyone. And, and I think that that is the true devotion. The First Fridays can be a reminder of what you're doing and why you're doing it and something that people do with great love. But it is that thing about what do we do in between? You know, how do we live this and it has to be about allowing Jesus to have this personal encounter with us and to make known to us the feelings and the preferences of his heart you know to come as close as we can to him um, to really feel his to feel his heartbeat to enter into his heart I'm going to stop now and have a swig of water. Well, I will. That brings me perfectly to a good question. So Sister Silvana has been speaking of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque and the vision she's had. And you might have seen this vision, this picture of Jesus with his heart. It is actually, it's like it's sort of heart shaped. It's got, it's it's pinkish red. Uh, it depends on different artist interpretations. Usually it has a crown on it. And it also usually has, if I'm correct, a, a crown of thorns around it, which in a way... It was reminding us of the, the the crown of thorns that our Lord had. The, the, this, it, but in a way, it's a bit. It, it's not. It's not a happy little ch- chubby cherub with, with wings. <laughs> there, there is blood and guts to it. Uh, why, why bring this into? Why bring this into our devotions? Can't we just see some happy, sunny pictures of Jesus smiling on the cross with his hands raised and like the Holy Spirit coming out? Well, we well, except, you know, Jesus with his arms raised on the cross, presumably you're talking about the risen Jesus, because obviously the other ones of Jesus on the cross are not so happy and smiling. You're right. The risen one. Yeah. Um, but I think there are different aspects to the heart of Jesus. So the, every year, you know, um, we have the three-year cycle of readings and the readings for each year show us different aspects. Now, the heart of Jesus is, I always say, it's like a multifaceted diamond. And and each facet, you know, it kind of glows in the light and, and it sort of picks up different lights and it reflects. And, you know, somebody who knows about these things would know far better than I do what and why and how. But there are different facets 
So this year we're a year in year A, and this is when the gospel, I mean, all the readings are all about love of some sort, but the, the gospel is the one where Jesus tells us about his heart. He says, it's the one where he says, come to me and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. And he invites people to come to him and to lay down their burdens. And so this year, the focus can be on the heart of Jesus as um, a place of safety, a place of refuge, a place where we can lay down our burdens, where we can bring our own burdens, bring other people's burdens, and where we know that there is this welcome, but also that it is a heart that is gentle and humble that we are invited to learn from. Last year was year C, and we had the Good Shepherd. So it's almost like, you know, having said, come to me, the Good Shepherd is kind of like, you're not coming. So I'm going to come out and look for you, you know, and however lost you might feel you are, however forgotten, however you may feel that you have wandered far from, far from the good shepherd, far from love, that shepherd will come and find you and bring you back rejoicing, you know, safely cuddled up against his heart, as it were. Oh, I love that. I love that. But, but in is... between, sorry, but in between the two is year B. And year B is when we have the readings of the pierced heart. And the only reason that the heart of Jesus is open is because of that piercing. Because it's it's when that is that moment on the cross when Jesus is at his most vulnerable, most defenseless. He's a, he's a de he's dead, and a soldier comes and opens his his side. And in a sense, we have this, there's the, for me, there's a kind of redemption in there. The soldier comes with evil intent. And what he actually does is he releases, he opens the heart of God and he releases that torrent of blood and water, that love that pours out. And it's, a, it's an open heart that will never close. So we have this open heart because of the suffering on the cross. That doesn't mean to say that every heart has to be depicted as having a crown of thorns, but it's certainly, um, it's a reminder that it, at the heart, as it were, of the heart of Jesus is the opening on the, on the cross. But that's what makes him able to have this lovely open heart that all are welcome to and that will always go out and look for us. Sorry, you were starting to say something. No, 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 no. Sorry, I just, I'm taking it all in now. It is this openness, like you were saying, and the the openness of pouring out of love that is inviting us to that relationship. So, <laughs> weirdly, back to what my youth director was saying. It's um, it's not a heart. It's not the resurrection Jesus on the cross. It's it, where everything looks. He he's clean. He's got no scars. He's he's gotten his hair nicely brushed. It's a it's a happy happy happy. But by having the sacred heart in front of you, praying alongside it, let that opening. Uh, take you deeper into the prayer, deeper into thinking of Jesus's life in a way is a way for us to reach out and 
he's giving us an opportunity to give back, to pray back, to, to glorify him, to reach back to him and to cuddle him. You, you said that uh, he, he's gonna, you're coming to his heart and he cuddles you, but a hug goes two ways. So in a way, the more I'm looking at this picture, Sister Silvana, the more I just want to, to reach out and hug him and, and see, I don't want to bandage up his heart because I want more. I want more of the love, more of the love. But it is that hug back that I want to give so now oh so now it's oh I've got next time I look into our chapel because in our chapel we have uh, the picture of Jesus with the sacred heart I'm going I always think he's waving to me with his little finger <laughs> he's like pointing at his heart and he's like la 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 so now it's going to be a little bit more it's him inviting me to be a part of this relationship like ah I had this sacrifice we I went through these times and now I need you to be to have this relationship with me so that we can be celebrating in heaven. But also we have this relationship with him, not only for ourselves. Oh, yes, yes. Talk to us about this, Sister Silvana. Yes, please, yes, please. Well, I mean, you, you talk about a hug. When the, the closer we get to hugging a person, actually, the more likely we are to be looking beyond them, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're unless, not looking in the eye. Your, unless you've got your eyes shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, but when, but when we get so close to somebody, we're actually looking beyond them because we're not able to look into their eyes anymore. That, that closer hug, if you're, if you're nestled on the person's shoulder, you're looking beyond them. You're looking around them, as I say, unless you've got your eyes shut. And, and so it is that this intimacy is for us, but it's also for our world. You know, because it, it's it's about widening our capacity to love, opening our own hearts in imitation of his. And, you know, and Jesus kind of sending us out to be his heart. What, we had a sister, I mean, I never met her, but I, I sort of sort of read the, read the accounts. You know, because there is this thing about the sacred hearts, the statues, the heart is always on the outside. And, and sometimes, you know, Children will say, well, it's, you know, it's on the outside because he's, he loves so much that he just couldn't keep his love inside, you know. But we had a, an elderly Belgian sister. Well, she wasn't always elderly, but the story told of her that that when when she was quite elderly, visitors to the house, you know, she would point to the statue of the Sacred Heart and the fact that the heart was on the outside. And she would say, that is what I must be for him, the heart on the outside. And, and I think that is what we are being called to be, is, is to then be that love, that we love, you know, that whatever we get in that embrace isn't only for us. It's, it's for the good of our world as well. Oh, I like, do you remember that sister's name? It was something like Marie Swazek. And so I, I know about the story because we had a sister, Prue Wilson, who's now um, dead, but she wrote a kind of autobiography and, and she mentioned Sister Marie Swazek in, in it and sort of painted this picture of how visitors to the house, she was, the sister used to answer the door in this, um, in our house in um, Oxford where we had students living. So it would be perhaps young men coming to visit their girlfriends and this nun would appear and before they got near their girlfriends, they'd have a lesson in, in the iconography of the Sacred Heart. You know? oh. <laughs> so what, so 
where has this gone? So we've got uh, Saint Mary, Margaret Mary, that's seen it, has shared her revelations. Uh, but you're also a part of the Society of the Sacred Heart. So where, how is the Sacred Heart moving? We've got, well, we, we've talked about what it does as an individual, but a Society of the Sacred Heart. What kind of things is this about? <laughs> so when our when our order was founded in in Paris in 1800. The, our, our foundress had grown up in a house where there was an image of the Sacred Heart, although she grew up in the French Revolution, so the, actually having that image was quite a dangerous thing to have. Um, and um, it was just this, I think, this this sort of sense of devotion that she had, that her first companions had to the heart of Jesus. And... St. Madeline Sophie really spent her life sort of plumbing the depths of the heart of Jesus and kind of bequeathing us um, a spirituality, which we we still have to a certain extent. She always used to say um, our, our, our congregation wasn't founded in 1800. It was founded on Calvary when the heart of Jesus was opened. That was that was kind of the the moment for her. But she really spent her time and of finding the heart of Jesus in the heart of the world, finding the heart of Jesus in the pain and the suffering. And therefore for us, there is this, this whole thing. I mean, we, we have an Ignatian influence as well, that finding God in all things. But this idea that if we want to contemplate the heart of Jesus, we can do so through the world, through the pain and the joys and the, and the hope and the anguish and so on of, of our world which is the world where God became a human. So it's a world that we know has been so loved by God. And it's very much an incarnational spirituality about the incarnation of Jesus. You know, he had a heart, he was, he was human. Um, he allowed his heart to be broken. He allowed himself to know sorrow and pain as much as joy. And Therefore, with him, we contemplate the world and, and we seek to bring the love of his heart. So we seek to discover his love wherever we may be and in circumstances and people and places and bring that, make that known, particularly in places where maybe love is less known and particularly in places where love can be harder to discover, harder to find. That's a very brief explanation. Yeah, but that that bring, that brings us nicely to uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Is there a specific day for the Sacred Heart? I know the month of June is the well. The feast of the Sacred Heart is pretty specific. Yes, indeed, it's this Friday. <laughs> so it's a, so a movable feast. The feast of the Sacred Heart. It comes right at the end of that continuum that begins with Ash Wednesday. It's all those movable feasts. Even though they're fixed, you know, the Friday after, the Sunday after, whatever, it's all, it all starts with Ash Wednesday. And it's all a flow of love. It's all a flow of love. You know, we have the love that sees us through Lent, um, our love for God, but also we do it because of God's love for us. The, the amazing love, the gift of Jesus that sees us through Easter. And then we have the resurrection, we have Eastertide, Pentecost, well, the Ascension, Pentecost, the love of the Trinity, Corpus Christi, that great gift of Jesus, and then Sacred Heart, kind of the source of all that love kind of becomes the end as well. 
That's how I like to see it. And then ordinary time. So this Friday is the Feast of the Sacred Heart and it's a, certainly a big day for us. It's a day when we renew our vows in the same spirit, not because our vows expire on that feast, but in the same spirit that at Easter we all renew our baptismal vows and married couples might renew their marriage vows. So we, on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, all our sisters, we, we renew our vows um, and therefore we're renewing our, our commitment to our mission of discovering and making known and of glorifying the heart of Jesus through our lives. So please pray for us on the on the feast day because we we will pray for all of you. I will pray I will pray especially for you, Helena, on that feast and, and we will pray for, for all of you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then will you be having strawberries on Friday? I will indeed, yes. I've already tweeted about the fact that I'm getting in some strawberry eating practice because they are pretty delicious at the moment. So it, we just have this tradition of eating strawberries. If you look at strawberries, I mean, they're red. They kind of look a bit like a heart. Totally, totally look like a heart. I can get it. Yeah, they even have those little bits at the top that can look like the flames. And, and they are just delicious and in season and who wouldn't want to have a tradition which involved eating strawberries yummy yummy oh (laughs) well to all you and your sisters and your community happy early feast of the sacred heart and now i'm going to be looking at our in our chapel at our jesus and i will think of you sisters and say a little prayer for you as well sister silvana whenever he waves to me and i'll be like wave hey sister silvana (laughs) could you end our program with a prayer please my dear I could indeed. So I have a prayer which um, St. Madeline Sophie um, is believed to have said every day. It's a very simple prayer, one that we can adapt, one that if you forget all else, if you remember the first line of it, you can say yourselves. So if we just take a moment to place ourselves, to remind ourselves that we are in the presence of God and in the presence of Jesus, the source of all love. Sacred heart of Jesus, give me a heart that is one with your own, a humble heart that knows and loves its nothingness, a gentle heart that holds and calms its own anxiety, a loving heart that has compassion for the suffering of others, a pure heart that recoils even at the appearance of evil, a detached heart that longs for nothing other than the goodness of heaven, a heart detached from self-love and embraced by the love of God, its attention focused on God, its goodness, its only treasure in time and in eternity. Sacred heart of Jesus, give me, give all of us, a heart that is one with your own. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Silvana. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, 
You can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website radiomariaengland.uk for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.